0: Hello, and welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, and thank you for joining me today as we continue the process of talking about leadership issues and me trying to give you some encouraging words to help you become a better leader. I've just returned uh, recently from a new experience for me. Over this summer, I had a sabbatical leave that uh, was a first experience for me since 1982. Uh, I took six weeks off from my normal responsibilities here at the seminary, and as I was looking back over my calendars and uh, thinking about my life's work, uh, that's the longest I've been off from work since 1982. Now, the sabbatical was uh, mandated, that might be too strong a word, but uh, it was put into place by my board of trustees, uh, really for two reasons. One, in appreciation for the work that I did over the past several years of relocating the seminary and going through all of our renaming and rebranding efforts. That was a prolonged process, as you might imagine, and uh, for probably the last four years, I've had very limited time away, uh, and even that time was often interrupted by very uh, strong demands related to the relocation. So the board encouraged me this summer to take six weeks off and to Uh, use that time not just as vacation but as sabbatical to do some reflection which would accomplish the second purpose they had not just appreciation for work done but the second purpose was to give me an opportunity to retool and refocus for future ministry I've now been at the seminary for 13 years and I still probably have another 10 years or so uh, to serve as president if my health is good and the years continue to go by in a normal fashion Uh, But I, so I need a time to uh, kind of get my bearings again and think about where I'm going and what we're doing. Uh, We've finished the relocation now. We've uh, been here one year in our new locations and it's time to really settle in now and discern uh, how God is going to take us forward and what's going to be required from me as a leader to get that done. So that's how the sabbatical uh, came about. Uh, That's how uh, long it lasted, and that those were some of the reasons for it, both appreciation and opportunity to retool and refocus. Well, the retool and refocus aspect meant that I had to develop a sabbatical project. Now, this proved to be more challenging than I first thought it would. Uh, I, I had to develop something that I could do during my time away, which would accomplish the goal of spiritually and intellectually stimulating me, uh, while at the same time not choosing a project that was so onerous or so challenging or, frankly, so all-consuming that I would spend all of my time doing that and turn it into just another mini-work project or, if you want to say it this way, a working vacation. So I actually spent uh, several months in the spring talking to other people who'd been on similar experiences, uh, listening to different ideas and thinking about what I could possibly do. I ultimately decided, uh, well, I, I, I ultimately uh, concluded there were about four aspects of my sabbatical project that needed to be kept in view. First, uh, it needed to be focused, but not too demanding. In other words, it needed to be something that I was going to have to work on to actually accomplish, but at the same time, it didn't need, did not need to be something that I felt was hanging over me, that if I didn't get done in a certain way would... Uh, would be a failure or some kind of shortcoming. So it had to be focused but not too demanding. I had to hit the sweet spot of those two tensions. Second, it had to be enjoyable. Uh, It had to be something that I looked forward to and and that I really wanted to do. Uh, Third, it needed to be incremental. Now, this was an important one for me. Uh, I'm a very uh, driven, hardworking person and I like to tear into a project and get it done. Uh, I like to schedule my time in blocks so that I can really focus on what I'm doing in that moment uh, and stay with it until I get it done. And when I can't finish something in one uh, time frame, I I like to schedule another one fairly quickly so I can come back to that same project. I I really like to get things done. I'm a checklist maker and a checklist uh, keeper. And that's a good thing in a lot of ways. It helps me to stay focused, but it's a bad thing in that it causes me to blitz through projects rather than always think through them carefully and completely. So I needed this, this sabbatical project to be incremental, meaning that it was something that I could work on day by day and have a sense of accomplishment at the end but not feeling urgency to get it done every single day. And then finally, it had to be spiritually uh, refreshing and reflective. It had to be something that I could... Uh, spend time thinking about, not just while I was doing it, but just mulling over what I was learning or what I was discovering or what I was experiencing, and to uh, reflect not just on the facts of what I was learning, but spiritually, what God might be accomplishing in my life uh, through the project. So I had uh, those reasons, uh, or not, excuse me, those, uh, th- those descriptors, if you will, or those qualifiers of what a good sabbatical project would be for me, and I'd offer them to you as well. If you're ever given the opportunity to uh, think about having some extended time away, uh, choose a project that's focused but not too demanding, that's enjoyable, incremental, and spiritually refresh- refreshing, uh, resulting from the reflection that you do both while you're involved in the project and as you walk away from it. So what project did I select? Well, it turned out to be something very simple but, as it turned out, quite profound. Uh, I decided to read a series of biographies. Uh, as as my sabbatical project, and not only to read those biographies, but to uh, do them incrementally, as I said, by reading two chapters a day, and then to spend time writing journal entries as a result of those readings on a daily basis. So I selected four biographies. It took uh, some work to do this. I had to select four high-quality biographies that uh, had. uh, I wanted uh, biographies that were recognized, or that were award-winning, or that were by people who had uh, a good reputation for writing biography. And so, uh, and I also wanted to select four biographies that were from people that were that were quite different from one another. And so, I finally selected uh, these four biographies. I selected uh, the Life of George Whitfield by uh, Arnold Dalamore. I selected Son of a Gun, which is a new biography by Jim Henry. I selected The Life of Martin Lloyd-Jones by Ian Murray. And then For the Glory, uh, Eric Liddell's journey from Olympic champion to modern martyrdom, focusing not on his Olympic career but on his life after his Olympic career, and that's by Duncan Hamilton. I selected these four books because I wanted to read uh, something from different eras of the Christian church. I wanted to read uh, something that represented different perspectives on ministry and missions. I wanted to read uh, both about evangelists and pastors and missionaries. I wanted to read uh, a collection of these uh, life stories that had, if you will, a bit of a panorama uh, of what's happened in Christianity over the last several hundred years and in some different perspectives, both theologically and uh, uh, missiologically or ministry perspective. So these were the four biographies that I selected. I then decided to read them uh, two chapters at a time. Uh, This is where I suppose a little bit of my obsessive uh, behavior enters into the picture. I... I took the biographies, I, I counted the number of chapters, including the prefaces and the acknowledgements at the end, and I, I divided them up uh, through the number of days that I had off for my sabbatical, and it turned out that I had about two, day, uh, about two chapters per day that I had selected. And I allowed myself a missing a few, a few days. We did have some travel days on the sabbatical. I knew it would be difficult to read on those days, and so um, I set aside the goal of reading two chapters at a time, and I was able to accomplish that. Now, this helped me to read incrementally, uh, as I said earlier, not just simply trying to blitz through or get through the project, but to do it uh, pay, pacing myself and, and, and thinking about uh, these biographies in small uh, samples rather than just trying to blitz through the book. Another thing I did was not only did I select four and read biographies and read two chapters a day, but third, I decided to make this reading part of my daily devotional time. Now that may sound uh, very routine to you or or, or like a simple choice to be made, but actually uh, this was a very significant departure for me. Now I'm not uh, saying that I'm right or wrong about this or or I'm not saying that everyone should follow this pattern, but I decided uh, many, many years ago that I would reserve my devotional time for reading the Bible and the Bible alone. Uh, I have for, uh, gosh, uh, 40, uh, close to 35 to 40 years, starting in my late teen years, I've been reading the Bible on a consistent basis with a goal of reading it daily. Uh, I've not always met that goal, but I have achieved the goal of reading the Bible consistently. And I've decided many years ago not to read commentaries or devotional books or any other kind of literature during my devotions, but only to read the Bible. Now, uh, I'm sure that uh, there's been some benefit to that and that I've uh, enjoyed the Bible and I've learned a lot about it in reading it over these years. I've probably also had some uh, enrichment that's been lost by not reading uh, classic devotional books or other books that would have been helpful to me in the process, but nevertheless, that's been my pattern. So when I decided on my sabbatical project, I decided that what I would do is I would have an extended devotional time each day. Rather than simply reading my Bible and praying, I would add the, uh, the reading of these biographies to my devotional time each morning. And that uh, worked out well because I'm on sabbatical. I, I really don't have a schedule. I don't have anywhere I have to be. And so... Uh, It was uh, good to have more leisurely time in devotion and also a longer time that included the reading of these chapters. And also by including it in my devotional time, I found that uh, I I was reading for spiritual uh, nourishment and reading for spiritual reflection. And by writing um, a short journal reflection at the end of each reading, I was able to immediately crystallize. Uh, the key ideas that emerged from the chapters I just read and add them to my reflection on the scripture that I had read earlier in the devotional time. And quite often it was interesting how those uh, had some connection or, or had some uh, blending or overlap where I was able to see some insight from scripture and then see some uh, insight from the lives of these persons I was reading about and how that reflected on the scripture that I'd even been reading that day. So I selected four biographies, I decided to read them two chapters at a time, and I added those two chapters to my devotional uh, reading. Now uh, I followed that up by saying that I wrote a short reflection in my journal each day and I've kept that journal as what I'm calling my sabbatical journal which has um, both my rec- uh, the insights I recorded from scripture reading and also the insights that I recorded from uh, the readings of the, devo- the uh, biographies. Now Let me conclude today by talking about some of the benefits that I received from reading these biographies, uh, what they came to mean to me, and then just in general terms, the benefit for you for reading Christian biography. Uh, The first benefit that I think we can all achieve by reading biography, biography is the benefit of perspective. As I read through these stories of these men, it was very clear to me that some of the same problems come around in every generation. It was uncanny to me that, the, uh, that some of the theological conflicts in the 17 and 1800s that uh, were so difficult and were so challenging are the same conflicts we're having today. It was interesting to me that some of the struggles in the mission eff- efforts in the early missionaries that were described in these uh, biographies, particularly issues, struggling issues about appropriate methodologies and uh, issues about uh, appropriate contextualization or how to uh, understand the nature of culture and as it relates to scripture. Uh, those things have been a struggle for generations and are still a struggle. These uh, biographies helped me to see how uh, th- current thinking on some of these issues is is flawed because um, it's not uh, taking into account the previous history and previous understanding that the church has achieved. And it just helped me to gain a perspective uh, on, on, on these issues. Another way it gave me perspective is it helped me understand that some of the problems that I think are so significant are really minuscule. Uh, for example, there, there are days when I get caught up in theological argument with other Christians and some of those arguments are, are really significant because we're arguing about core issues of the faith, but frankly, uh, some of them aren't as significant because we're arguing about nuances related uh, to the core issues of our faith. It's interesting to me that uh, Christians can argue so uh, aggressively about these things, and I fall into that as well. And as I read through these biographies, I see that in times past people have argued about some of those same things, but then come to understand that they really weren't as significant in the grand scheme of things as they might have first thought. Another aspect that helped me to see that some of my problems are really minuscule was reading about the suffering uh, that some of these people went through in order to uh, Uh, fulfill their ministries Uh, Whitfield particularly traveled extensively uh, in primitive conditions preaching day after day after day after day and I find myself flying around the country staying in nice hotels being shuttled in rental in cars or in rental cars and there is absolutely no comparison to what he went through Uh, Whatever minor travel problems I might complain about are insignificant compared to what people went through in previous generations. And then uh, in reading about Eric Liddell's ultimate martyrdom for his faith, his last two years of service were in an internment camp, or as you might think of it, a prison camp in China. And the conditions were deplorable, and what he lived through was, uh, was horrific. As I read those stories and Uh, and particularly the eyewitness accounts of people who survived that ordeal, it reminded me again how simple and easy my life really is. And so perspective, that's one of the best things that I receive from reading these biographies, and it's one of the best things that comes to us from reading biography. Uh, We understand that some problems are the same in every generation, some current thinking is flawed, and some current perspective is limited. And we also understand that some of our problems are really not that significant when placed in the context of what's happened in the Christian world over the past centuries. And it helps me to have a better understanding of what I can do today and what's expected of me today when I read and get that kind of perspective. Another benefit of reading biographies is encouragement. Um, As I read through these stories, it was very clear to me that God uses imperfect people. Uh, No one of these stories, and that's why these are really well-written biographies, no one of these is an ode, if you will, or a book written simply to offer praise to the person being described. Uh, They're honest stories. They tell about the strengths of each of these persons, certainly. That's why they're worthy of biography. But they also describe the weaknesses. Uh, They help... By, they helped uh, us by revealing their flaws, their shortcomings, uh, the, the mistakes they made, the bad choices that were a part of their ministry, the strained relationships, and the failure to maintain some relationships that would have been to their benefit. All of these things are found in, in good biography. Now, why is that encouraging? Well, because I'm definitely an imperfect person. I I have so many things about my life that are just simply, uh, that just simply don't measure up. I, I, I know of my shortcomings, at least some of them, and I'm often frustrated by them. And I wonder, how can God ever use me? Um, why should I be a leader? Why, why should I offer myself in leadership? And why should I think that I would have anything to offer to anyone else in terms of training them to be a leader? When I reflect on who I am and who I really uh, am and what I've done and what I've really not done, uh, it's easy to be discouraged and to, to think, what's the use? But then you read good biography and you realize God has always used imperfect people. He has always used people who had failures and foibles and shortcomings and difficulties, and yet through them he has done amazing, remarkable Uh, really world-changing things. And so I pray that uh, God will use me the same way. And these biographies have encouraged me that despite my imperfections and my struggles to lead, God can still use me. Another benefit of reading biography is insight. Um, Learning how to solve problems and learning how to address leadership issues. It's amazing, again, how frequently the same problems have come up through the centuries. And so as... As you read them, you you discover uh, simple things like how to resolve theological difference with a brother or something uh, uh, sim- simple or, or another, I won't say simple, I should say a common problem, not a simple problem, a common problem like how to solve a theological difference with a brother or a common problem like uh, how to resolve the challenge of having a family on the mission field. and. Uh, When do you make the decision to send wife and children or even to uh, go as a family out of harm's way into a safe place? Or when do you make the decision to stay in harm's way, believing that gospel must be advanced no matter the external circumstances? Another insight that's uh, uh, from these stories and uh, uh, that's also part of encouragement is simply how God provided for these men over the years. Uh, Provided, first of all, ministry opportunity. Uh, he has an, uh, God has an amazing way of getting us where he wants us, when he wants us, and using us to accomplish his purposes. So uh, that's, one, um, that's one bit of insight. Another way that God provides is providing money. Uh, it was amazing to me how often uh, God gave vision to these men of what he wanted to accomplish through them and then how he raised up resources uh, to accomplish through them what he wanted done. And so as uh, I, uh, another insight here was how they preserve family life, how they uh, strengthened their uh, relationship with their spouses, how they honored God in those relationships, uh, and how they were able to rear their children and, and have their children uh, follow God and want to follow him, in fact, follow him into ministry and missions and other kinds of Christian service. Uh, another beautiful aspect of these stories was how much fun these men seemed to have. They... They weren't dour men who never had any humor or fun or enjoyment. They, they went to the beach. They took their families on vacation. Uh, they took time away from their work to, to recover and rest and recuperate. Uh, they, uh, they liked to be around people that were stimulating and enjoyable. Uh, these are the kinds of insights that you can gain from reading biography. Uh, you can see how problems are solved, how God provides, how he places people in his uh, positions of influence. You can learn about how to strengthen marriage, how to build stronger family, how to be a more well-rounded, healthy person emotionally by learning to enjoy life. These are the kinds of insights that come from reading biography that can be applied even today. Well, a fourth benefit of reading biography is confidence in God. Uh, there is no question, but as you read these stories, uh, the, the, the commonality among them is that Uh, the person decreases and God increases as their life unfolds more and more and more you read and marvel not at what they were able to do but at how God was able to work through them to get so much accomplished that gives me great encouragement for today as I look at how God has worked in the past I know that's the best indicator of how God will work in the future and just as God has used these men to accomplish significant work for him in their generation so he's using people today to accomplish the same. And this gives me great hope, especially as I get closer and closer uh, to the end of my working years. It gives me great hope because I see another generation of leaders coming after me that God will use in significant ways to advance his kingdom and to accomplish his purposes. And so God, uh, confidence in God is raised by reading biography because you see how God has acted, how he is acting, and then you can project that forward and know how God will act in the future. And then the last thing I would say is that uh, reading these books helped me to understand the maturity process that every Christian goes through and every Christian leader must continue to live with um, throughout their lifetime. The beautiful thing about these men is that they changed over time. Now, in many cases, their core convictions remain the same, and those core convictions drove them through a lifetime of service. But they also changed significantly over time. Uh, Eric Liddell, for example, went to the mission field as a teacher, and then changed to being a frontline missionary who served in back, uh, uh, in in uh, out-of-the-way places and in rural locations. Really, being an itinerant preacher, uh, he went one direction in his life and then changed and went an entirely another direction. Uh, the same uh, uh, could be said of Jim Henry. He he started out as a pastor, of course, but he he made several significant changes in his life that that redirected him into different arenas and avenues of pastoral ministry. And then, as a part of that, uh, God gave him a platform for global influence of world leaders, uh, politicians, entertainers, and others that he could have never anticipated when he started in his very first church in a very small, out-of-the-way location. So it was interesting to see how God shaped people over time and brought them to greater maturity, both maturity in their character as they continued to grow and develop in their relationship with God, and also maturity in what you might call their professional life as they continued to grow and learn and develop and expand what they were able to do and able to accomplish for him as time went by. So I have had a tremendous time uh, with this sabbatical project. Uh, I'm grateful to our board of trustees for uh mandating if you will or for assigning me this responsibility or this task and making it possible for me to have this time away. I'm also grateful to the leadership team here at Gateway. Uh, They picked up the slack beautifully over the summer and I knew they would and it made it possible for me to go away and really dismiss from my mind the daily pressures and concerns of leadership here. And I'm really thankful to God for the way he worked through this project in my life to give me uh, these things I've described. Fresh perspective, a new encouragement, keener insight, greater confidence in him, and finally, um, an understanding of the maturity process that I've been going through in my life and the fact that it's not over yet, and I need to keep maturing, growing, and changing both in my character and in my willingness to take on uh, professional leadership responsibilities. So I'm grateful to God for what he's done through this time in my life. I hope that uh, at some point uh, in your ministry, your life, your career, that uh, your employer or your ministry uh, uh, supervisors will make it possible for you to have a few weeks away uh, to reflect on who you are and what you've done and what God is doing in and through you and to refocus and reshape you for the future. And when that time comes, uh, I hope this uh, podcast will help you uh, to make a good plan for that. In the meantime, you don't have to go on sabbatical to read biography. Uh, I've come back from this experience and asked some of our uh, history professors and librarians to help me to make a list of some award-winning, significant biographies that uh, sort of uh, touch on different eras of church history, and I'm just going to start working slowly through that list and uh, keep up the discipline of reading biography, maybe not in the same way I've been doing on the sabbatical, but certainly as a part of my uh, life and work going forward. Hey, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. I appreciate the time you invest here with us. And I hope this is helpful to you as you continue to develop as a leader. And remember, stay with it, lead on.